Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Jersey Cools. Hey, everybody! What's up? I'm here, too! Uh, <laughs> I thought that was your, like, go-to standard one. I don't have a go-to standard. That's my whole thing. Oh, I like it. That was the first one, though. Wasn't it? The I'm here, too? Yeah, yeah that was my one. favorite, I think, of all of them, to be fair. Oh. Hi. Hi. Hey, so welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. That's right. We're here, and we're about to embark on a visit to the corporate world. And I think between the three of us, I have the job that most resembles something from the corporate world. And after watching these movies, yeah, exact replica. Yeah, really? Yeah, no, absolute. Everyone has murder in their eyes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's what I think that's what corporate America will do to you. Oh, my God. Well, needless to say, tonight we are talking about two films. We're starting off with um, The Belko Experiment, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we're moving into Mayhem. Both films deal with the theme of basically how horrible working in a corporate world is. (laughs) Nate, you're in retail. How is that industry doing these days? It's, It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's not corporate at all, though. It's That's true. the furthest thing from corporate, which is why I can not want to kill myself every day after I come home. See, but I would think that the customers would make you want to... Like, that's that's why I can't... I did retail once in my life, and the customers just... It's not so bad if you can give them a little bit every once in a while, and, and you don't have, like, this strict set of rules. Give them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> what I mean. Gotta make the customer happy. Yeah, no, and, and being in the public sector definitely sucks too. Just in case anybody's curious. So I'm envious of the fact that you're you you seem so genuinely happy because I definitely think there are days where I love my job and days where I definitely have murder in my eyes too. So I think it's just I think it's just work in general. Yeah. But I will say that having done both the cubicle life and the public sector life, I'm much happier now. I couldn't, I couldn't roll with the cubicle. Mm-mm. I couldn't do the cubicle. I couldn't. It would be. It's too. It's too sterile for me. Like I need. Like I need some wiggle room. I need to be able to stretch out my my sweet hammies. <laughs> See now, to me, there's something about corporate world. There's something about the structure of corporate world that I like. Like, I like that I know that I go in and I kind, I, I'm kind i doing the same... I don't want to say I'm doing the same thing every day, but I'm generally completing the same tasks every day, and I just like that order to my day. Oh, yeah. see, I, I like the healthy chaos of, like, you never know what's going to happen at mm-hmm. school. Oh, trust me, I work in the mental health field, so there's <laughs> yeah. definitely chaos peppered into every <laughs> single day. Well, let's start with Belco Experiment. Let's talk about this movie. Yeah, so Jackie, what do you think? Um... I've got three notes for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about your synopsis first? <sighs> what What is there to synopsize, yeah, actually? No. Okay, you know There's what? not Listen, a lot. The three of us have already talked about this, and we have agreed that this seemed like a really good idea that fell flat. I kept getting a, like Battle Royale vibes. Chad had said it's like Office Space. What did he say? It's Office Space meets Odyssey 2001, I think. Is the movie he said? I don't oh, that's remember. That's interesting. Basically, the bottom line. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick, the brief, the brief synopsis. I wish that there was like a video camera to go. Your expressions that go along with your synopsis <laughs> these are often the best part. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> in a remote office building in Colombia, a group of workers hear the announcement that they need to start killing each other, or else they're going to die. They think it's a prank at first, but suddenly see their coworkers' heads explode one by one. When they realize that this isn't a prank. People have to start killing each other, or a lot more are going to die. You have you have the aggressors versus the pacifists trying to save everybody. The realists that want to kill people so they can live, and really it just turns out to be a bloodbath, psychoanalytical experiment. Well, I think it's interesting that you refer to the people who want to kill as the realists. I think that's a very fascinating and very telling part of this whole thing. One of the things that I do love about this is that the experiment part of it is so strong. And while I totally agree with you guys that it misses its mark in so many ways and like James Gunn definitely like 
came up with a really cool concept but failed to deliver here. I do think that there are some really cool themes being messed with here. And you know me, I'm a sucker for those. There are definitely parts of the movie that I liked. And actually, after seeing it, I watched it last night, kind of processing it today. Last night when I turned it off, I was like, this is hot, fiery garbage, and this was a waste of my time. I'm glad I had a free Redbox rental, the whole nine. Today I was thinking about it, and there were some cool parts. I did like the special effects. Obviously, I'm a big fan of any head explosions. And the story, there were parts of it I really did enjoy. Like, I know that I think I'm alone on this one. I think we talked about it earlier. The part at the end when Mike is being interrogated by the psychologist or the psychiatrist, I actually liked that part. I like the way, I like the way that that played out. I did like that. It wasn't all terrible. Yeah, uh, Nate, thoughts? I don't know. I mean, like they set it up in the first half an hour, and then. I felt like it was going through the motions like so much of the time. I feel like there are other movies that do the same exact concept and get so much more mileage out of it. But I feel like this is just an excuse to blow up a bunch of people's heads and have people smash other people's faces with axes and such. No, that, that's fair. Well, one of my biggest gripes, I think, is the fact that they have this amazing cast of character actors mm. and they just fail to use them to their potential. Like, you have all these people who you're like, oh, I know him. Oh, I recognize her. And none yeah. of them actually get developed in any way that is a mm -hmm. meaningful character. Yeah. So that's my big gripe is that there's, I'm not rooting for anybody necessarily. And so that takes away a lot of it. What I do love, though, is the um, the parallels here between this and the trolley uh, dilemma, which I'm going to throw out to you guys right now, if you if you wouldn't mind indulging me. So in 1967, philosopher Philippa Foote comes up with the trolley dilemma. And that is that if you are driving a trolley car, and inevitably, it is going to careen either one of two ways. The first way you have, and there's a lot of different variables of this, but I'll just give you the most simple one. The first one, you have 10 people. And the other path, the uh, 10 adults. And the other path has, like, let's say, three children. Mm -hmm. Which way do you steer? And then they change all the variables of the experiment. So, for example, they'll be like, one of your loved family members is on this side. But on this side is 10 strangers. Which way do you go? Do you kill five people? Do you kill three? Do you not control which way it goes? Do you let fate do it? And so the theory is that based on solely your cultural, religious background, you're going to make your choices. And that I think this film plays with that idea. Like, is it right to kill a few to save the mass? And so my first question to both of you is, if you're driving that trolley, where do you go? I kill the kids. <gasps> Oof. Okay. Why? Because they're kids. No, okay, that's wrong. Because there's fewer we, of them. Well, no, there's fewer of them, and they're also children. Like, you know, it's not like they have established lives. Okay, so let me, let me change the variable real quick. So the original experiment is you're on a path, and if you don't deviate from the path, the trolley's just running on its own, you're going to kill five people. If you flick the switch, you're going to careen and only kill one. Do you flick the switch? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So then you would kill people if you were in the Belko experiment. Well, yes. yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent not. Fascinating. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I personally would kill someone, but I would definitely, you know, make sure I was allied with someone that was killing people. But you are literally going to choose somebody, one person's fate over letting fate decide for itself. Yes, because... There's other, there's all sorts of experiments done with this kind of moral thinking. And if you're ever put in a position where you have to choose whether to put someone else's life behind your own, it's always the best choice to put someone else because I, I don't see it. Because if you don't, then someone else is going to Someone gonna else is going to do it to you. And put you behind. They're but going then to let, do it. let somebody else make that decision. So I think in this film, the one thing they do right is they're very careful not to overly villainize or overly romanticize either side. Mm -hmm. Like, Mike's girlfriend's kind of a douche. Yeah. yeah I don't um, like her. The, the one guy on the side of the guys who are just picking people and killing them is kind of like, you, you know, he feels bad about what he's doing, but he's doing it because he wants to get home to his kids. You're right. As someone who always wants to get home to my kids, I get it. But do I take on the more obligation of picking who lives and who dies in this life no it's not up to you at that point if you're put in a situation where but by picking the, f the switch don't you make it up to you they no, because they have the same choice that you do and if you don't make that choice they will so you would kill other people 
Yes, if I mm-hmm. was put in that kind of situation, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't just like try to hide and be like let feet. Someone decide. will kill you if you don't kill them. It's not it's not like you can either not kill people or kill people and everything will be fine. It's like you're either gonna die or someone else is gonna die. So make the choice. Are you gonna kill someone or are they gonna kill you? I'm not. I'm not gonna kill unless somebody's directly threatening. Like they don't are. get me wrong. In the moment where the chick has the opportunity to kill the guy who was about to kill her, mm-hmm. listen, if it's a self defense move, I'm killing every time. Hands down. But at no point am I aligning myself with the guys who are like, all right, if you're over the age of 60, get over here. We're shooting you dead. I'm not doing that. Am I wrong to think that? No, it's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. But you're making a moral choice when it's like it, no one else is. Because you, pe- guys wouldn't, you guys wouldn't align yourself with those people either. I no. know you. I'm not, necess- I'm not no, necessarily I would in find- that movie, like in the, in the settings of that movie, but... Just in the experiment of itself, of the trolley car of itself, the trolley car. Okay, but and and again, like if you know, if the Belco ex- experiment wasn't a movie, but that was just a scenario that you're given of you're in an office building with fifty people. If you were told twenty of them have to die, you have to kill twenty of them, and if you don't, we're gonna kill forty. My Wouldn't odds, you hope- my odds are in the favor of that. I'm gonna be on the side that picks the twenty that die, mm-hmm. and not possibly be the forty that what? die. What? I don't yeah. want to choose twenty people to die though. Well, then I'm you're going to die. Be, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy, and it, I'm not gonna say it, it wouldn't be anything that would haunt me. But I feel like I would take the odds of being I get to pick twenty as opposed to possibly being one of the forty that die. But can't we like live in a world like I? While watching this movie, in my heart of hearts, I was like, wouldn't there be 20 people who would kill themselves? No. Because if I were 60 and I were working in that building, I'd absolutely shoot myself. And I'd be like, there, one down, 29 Marissa, to go. Marissa, it's because you're an angel. No, that's not true. I'm a horrible human being. No, but- because they've done experiments with this sort of thing. And it, the best way to address this kind of choice is to always be the bad person. I can't. I can't you have do to. it. I can't Other, I mean, then you're, then you're dead. Someone else. I, I think I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I yeah. think I'm dying. And you're dead. You're going to die. So if you're okay Unless with dying, yeah. if you're okay with dying, then fine. You don't have to kill anybody. But if you want to live, you need to kill people. And if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it to but you. But Mike didn't kill anyone, and he lived. Yeah, through like a series of ridiculous things that happened. <laughs> but isn't that like the ultimate thematic optimism that maybe there is a, a better way? Like maybe, I mean, granted, he does kill all the people who are responsible for the experiment at the end, so I guess that's not fair to say. But like the whole point is is trying to find, because you're right. I, I mean, I know how it goes. I know we always, it's it's me or you. It's always, it's always you. But like, mm-hmm. okay, but like in the trolley dilemma, for example, like if there's 10 tourist strangers in the one track and my kid in another, or like your loved one, what do you do then? Ten strangers. Ten strangers. No. Yes. Yeah. You can't do that though. What if? Okay. What if the one stranger you got ten random strangers, <laughs> and the one person is like the 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 doctor who's got the cure for cancer in their hands, and you inadvertently what are made they doing that on choice. A trolley with the cure for cancer. <laughs> no, no, they're walking sure. down the street. They're like, walking, they're like, what crossing do they do? Put that somewhere safe. <laughs> Put that in the safe somewhere. <laughs> that goes like in a shoebox under your bed. That's not on me either because he should yeah. be walking around with something so important. Back that shit up in a file. So yeah, you're right. That's fair. No, um, but yeah, they've done they've done lots of social experiments with this sort of thing, you know. And I, it's I'm gonna, it's I'm, it's really it's really sad. But the only way, like the only good choice, is to like screw other uh, screw over other people. I, I would push the button to destroy an entire country if it meant saving the life of one of my loved ones. No, you no, wouldn't. No, I wouldn't do that. Come on, Jackie. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I have children, and I, I wouldn't, can't. Make I wouldn't that blow statement. up a country. I would no. kill ten. Ten people is is <laughs> is within my limits. A uh, hundred people is pushing it. <laughs> a whole country? That's billions of people, probably. I can't. No. That's so, crazy. For one person, there's no one that I love so much that deserves to live more than a billion other people I've never met. It doesn't have to be a big country. It can be one of them little island things. Ugh, I can't. I still wouldn't be able to. Yeah. No, I, I can't. Could. Yeah, and and I mean, I God, if there's any love like your love for a child, I still can't. I don't know that I would be able to do that. Like mm-hmm. that's a thousands of lives, like hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands. <laughs> Oh, Jackie, you're totally breaking into the safe and stealing the guns in the real I am. version. You I both am. are. I'd have to hide from you guys. I'd probably be like Sean no, Gunn's character. I'd, <laughs> I'd protect you. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, Marissa, get over here right no. fucking now. Smoke him if you got him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
yeah, I would. I would definitely hide behind you guys and cry yes, the I whole time. Yeah, no, and have so many feelings. God, um, this 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 episode is painting me like two episodes ago. I saw the world through Muppets, and this episode has just now painted me as like a, like the worst person ever. No, no, I think you guys are keeping it real think, on a level. I don't that think I, yeah. you're. I don't think you're the worst person. It's just your priorities lie elsewhere. And honestly, if you're if you were actually like placed in a situation where you had to make that decision like it might be different than what you're thinking right now you don't know that's very there's true. there's a lot of different factors that you can't even imagine you know so, so. you're in the belco experiment though and you mean to tell me like you hear the announcement you think it's a prank the first two people die now they say 20 or eight what was it 20 or 70 or something like that no, 30 20 or, or 60 30, yeah okay your instinct is i'm gonna go kill 30 people no my instincts to run and hide. I'm in a closet. I think maybe in the beginning I might run and hide. And when I see that people are starting to die, mm-hmm. I'm gonna change sides. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would turn into a psychopath real quick if I thought that you know it was me against all these other people. I would turn into a murderous psychopath, and I would put all those years of doom and quake in Mortal Kombat <laughs> into practice. I don't know what I do. You're going to try really every don't. finishing move you've ever wanted to try. Oh, her. Maybe I can turn to a dragon real quick and <laughs> bite you in half. Sadly, I think the person that I most can sympathize with is the guy who is with the bad guys but feels really shitty about it and is crying and talking about his kids the whole time. Like, that's me. I'm definitely like, <laughs> and just going along with whatever everybody else does because I'm such a follower, too, at the end of the day. It's always, but it is, like, the ethical dilemma is, like, the old Sophie's Choice, like, which kid do you choose? Like, those kind of dilemmas, like, I can't even wrap my brain around them because I don't want to make those choices. Like, yeah. I would never be able to look at somebody who is 65 and be like, sorry, my life's more valuable than yours. Like, I don't know if it's a, I, I'm not a religious person. I'm not necessarily culturally American <laughs> in most of my my thinking, but, like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like it's my job to determine who dies and who doesn't. I'd rather somebody flip a switch. I really would. Well, I mean, the older I get, the more at peace I would be with dying. So someone else didn't have to die. Me too. So that definitely affects it too. Like this happened when I was 60, I might let someone else kill me just so they could survive because you know, I've lived 60 years already, but I don't think that most people would think that way. I think most people would make the selfish choice. I think you're right. And that makes me very sad. And that's why this movie sucks. Cause it just made me really sad about yeah. humanity. Like, did you guys walk away being like, fuck people suck? No, no. not really. really? Oh my just God. because the movie just didn't really, it, it didn't, wasn't very effective. No, it didn't. It because I, I understand mm-hmm. why you're having that thought. And I think that if, if the movie was a more well done movie, then maybe I'd walk away with some, like it morality questions. It didn't yeah. give it didn't give you enough time to really like see these as like fully formed individuals and not just like archetypes, yeah. That's you know? A good point. Like if if like you brought up Battle Royale earlier, the reason that movie works is because I mean, like some people are killed off right away, but it's not a ton. Yeah. It's like a few and then it starts getting more desperate and you see like all sorts of like slice of life like pictures of like what who these people are, what they're going through. Plus it's not so like mathematical like this is where it's like 30 then 60 and like that. There's nothing like that. It's like, hey, the circles it's like PUBG. The circles getting smaller, guys. <laughs> you you got to you got to kill them or you're going to die. Yeah, no, it's it, the other thing that I did like about this film, the one thing, because I agree with you guys, I think they really did fail where a lot of movies have succeeded, but I loved how quickly, like, social class broke down at first, but then immediately got back into place. Like, it just, to me, it spoke volumes about how, like, the social order is the social order, no matter what. Like, like the, the minority security guard low-level guy is always just going to be the pawn to the rest of the people who are more powerful and more important in life. And, like, I think that one of the things that Gunn does well with this is that he plays with that, like, the two workers who at first you're like, oh, and it's what's-his-face from Guardians. What's his What's his number? You know the bald guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> Michael Rooker. Yeah. Like, one of the things I love is that, like, you think these guys are going to do something great, and then they wind up turning on each other and being useless anyway. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought it was an interesting play on, like, our social order and how, like, the work world mirrors the reality that we can't escape of our social pecking orders. You know? Like, I don't know. I thought that theme was kind of fun. As as someone that doesn't really have a lot of, like, social standing, like, I don't... The older I get, the less attention I pay to, like, like what your social standing is in the world. So I don't, it's a coping mechanism, I think. 
because I mean I'm never gonna be like the president of a company. I'm never gonna have billions. Uh, of dollars. Excuse me, you're the president of Jersey Cools. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like like it's you either come to terms with it that you know none of that stuff really matters in the grand scheme of things because we all live the same way. It's just you know how many, how many creature like like how many how many uh, creature comforts do you have. Is pretty much the, the biggest difference between us. But, like, we all, like, experience. We all wake up the same way. We all go to sleep the same way. We all we poop, poop the same way. We all poop. <laughs> Everybody poops. <laughs> I love that we both immediately went there. Um, no, Nate, that's so self-aware. Like, that you call it a coping mechanism is so interesting. But I, I think you're right. I think it's a more evolved way to live life to not give a fuck. I wish I was that evolved. I secretly keep up with the Jonesies. Joneses, Joneses, <laughs> the Joneses too. The Joneses. They got everything. Oh no, the cat from Aliens. <laughs> Jonesy. Oh. Um, thoughts, checking? Um, my thought is, I hope, I hope against hope, and with my heart of hearts, that James Gunn keeps putting his brother Sean Gunn in movies. <laughs> Dude, he was so bad in this. Oh, he was so good. I love him. I love it. He's like, it's all in my mind. Man, it's on it's on my mind. It's in the water, man. The psychotropic drugs are poisoning. I loved him. I loved every ounce of, of I, I Sean Gunn. Say, in this movie. I gotta say I love Sean Gunn too. <laughs> Even though he was ridiculous and out of place at every scene he was in. Yeah. I still was like, I just wanna be hanging out with this guy, just waiting out his time. Because he seems like the one that, that, I don't know. Everyone else is like, let's math this thing out and no. see how many people we can murder I and all was... that. And he's like, No, man. Though there was one moment that I don't want to say like it touched me, but I felt like there was one just like very real moment with him. It was after they were on the roof when the first handful of people had their head explode. Mm -hmm. There's a shot of him with that one older worker and she's washing his hair and he said, did you get it all? Did you get it all off when she's washing the other girl's blood off of him? I don't know. There was just something about that scene where he's like in the sink and he's like, did you get it all? Did you get it all off? And I I don't know what it is, Hmm. but that one... Like, that's the scene that I remember. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a very real yeah. moment for me. You know, it's funny. I'm talking all this shit on him, but at the end of the day, to me, one of the most effective moments was the one where he's standing there and they, like, pan behind him as he's, like, watching all the heads blow up. Mm-hmm. And he's repeating, it's all in your head, it's all in your head. Yeah, and you're also, right. When he, you think about Kirk, it... Hashtag it, Kirk forever. It, yeah, definitely. Hashtag Kirk forever. <laughs> and when you think about it, like, he's saying, it's all in my head, it's all in my head. And literally, it is in every single person's head. Yeah, look at you. Ooh, boom. There's there's one there was one experiment where people were placed in cells and they were told like if you rat out the other person, they'll go to prison and you'll go free. But if they rat you out, you'll go to prison and they'll go free. The best, like logically speaking, the best solution is always to rat the other person out. Because even if you both rat each other out, you're no worse off than if you didn't rat them out at all. But doesn't your morality count for something in that moment? Like, doesn't the fact that you were good and you didn't rat somebody out, like, doesn't that count for anything? No, this is assuming that neither of you did anything. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Why would I falsely accuse somebody else? Why would I stoop to that? Because they have an easy out. It's either you're going to prison or you rat the other person out and you're not going to prison. I would never falsely accuse someone of something. Am I stupid? Like, am I really dumb? No, you're just really nice. <laughs> you're just really nice. You're just a fucking fool nice is what I know. Person. I'm just a goddamn idiot, apparently. Like, I'm going to die in the apocalypse. Because, like, if you put me in a song, you're like, especially if it's somebody I know, like, if they're like, say Jackie killed this person, I would never. Like, I'd be like, no, she's my friend. <laughs> and then meanwhile, you'd be like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> I'd be like, no, I saw her. I got proof. <laughs> I got some proof. She did it? No, but like when I think about it and I think about like not going home to my kids and not being, you know, like Jesus, it makes me so sad and overwhelmed. All these psychological theories, they like keep me up at night. I can't. These philosophical dilemmas, especially because at the end of the day, you guys are right. Like people suck. And if you don't take the precautions against that, you're going to wind up dead. You're right. I'm dead in this, in in the Belko experiment. And I own that. My other, my only other note about Belko is the guy who makes the Molotov cocktails and throws them is a fucking moron. I'm done. There's lots of dumb people in that movie. Oh my god, they make me very angry. And then the guy was like, "What's his face? Is counting his kills on his arm?" Like, I'm like, "Stop it! Who cares? Like, either you're gonna win or you're not." Okay. Now at that point, if they're like, "Whoever's left standing is the winner," and they're like, "You could go free," and it's a bunch of fucking scumbags who've been killing people. Oh, game on! I'm like <laughs> fucking Ripley meets the fucking 
Duke Nukem. <laughs> but other than that, unless I'm doling out justice in my own head and killing all the scumbags, I'm not killing anybody. I'll, I'll die. But fucking the two fuck nuts who were killing everybody, oh, I'll be like, <laughs> like fucking Terminator style. I would kill those people with no remorse whatsoever. <laughs> Just saying. That's me. That's me in a nutshell. So right. I'm going to stand with the gun, and you're going to hide behind me. Yes, 100%. And then when the time comes, you've got the gun, and I'm behind you. Yeah, when there's nobody <laughs> left but fuckers, I'm in. I'm all in. I'll kill them all. Because suddenly you're the dude from Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. And I'll just fucking blow them all up Cuban style, bitches. Oh, but not Al Pacino Cuban style, like no. legit Cuban like style. for real right. <laughs> Oh boy. Hey, he he played a terrible Cuban. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> he did a lot of cocaine before that happened. I mean, and also, I'm pretty, pretty sure one of his friends got chainsawed to death in front of him not that long before that either. Oh my God, like with the chainsaw scene and Have stuff? Have you never That's seen Scarface? Yeah, I've seen it, but I didn't okay. know that that happened in real life to Al Pacino. Oh no. What? Al Pacino? Al Pacino's fine. He's making Dunkachinos. <laughs> I don't know. Why is he making Dunkachinos? <laughs> oh, you never saw Jack and Jill? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> Don't watch it, but that's like. Oh, that's please a whole tell plot me you're line. not talking about Jack and Jill as in the movie with, with Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. That is a I... whole plot line. Is they're trying to get. Okay, Adam Sandler and Jack and Jill. Adam Sandler works for an advertising company and they're trying to get Al Pacino for a Dunkin' Donuts ad campaign for Al Pacino <laughs> to sell Dunkachinos. It's amazing. Anything else for Belka? Um, yeah. No, it was meh. Yeah, it was. It was I've, I've seen it. I'm glad I saw it. I never have to see it again. Say saw again. You saw it. I saw it. Okay. You said it right that time. How did I say it? A little L at the end. Just a little bit of sprinkle of L. Listen. (laughs) You saw it. My name is Jackie. This is southern New Jersey. (laughs) We all have weird accents that don't make any sense. All right. You know, go back to New York. I will go back to New York. I got lost in Philly the other day, and I was like, fuck this down. Fuck all I was so fucking pissed. How did you get lost what? in Philly? Because who the fuck names two different attractions, Independence Hall and Independence Mall? Why wouldn't you fucking put Independence Mall as part of Independence? Why would you make them two fucking separate entities? Nothing in that goddamn city makes any sense. So I had like eight high school this- students with me, and I fucking got <laughs> lost in the back streets of goddamn Philadelphia. And then the best part is, though, I saw a cat on a leash. Yes. That part was awesome. So the kids, I was like, fuck you kids, this is worth it because Listen, we just saw a cat on a leash. All I know is that Ween and Boys to Men can't both be wrong. You're right. And the Fresh Prince. And the Fresh Prince. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's fair. Next time? You're right. Because who, what is like Frank Sinatra or like Jay-Z yeah, or no. Robert De Niro? What are any of those motherfuckers from They're New York now, right? Jerks. They're a bunch of hacks. Yeah, all those seriously. New York stars. Thank you. Finally, <laughs> someone says it. This isn't the Philadelphia ghouls. The fucking Jersey ghouls. It's Jersey ghouls, not Philly. Jersey. And you just named fucking like 90 people from New York. So, so you can put it in your life too. U-N-I-T-Y. That's what Queen Latifah says. She's from New Jersey, motherfucker. <laughs> U-N-I-T-Y. That's the unity. You gotta let them know. <laughs> Who else is from Jersey? Fucking Bruce. Bruce Willis. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Will- is Bruce Willis from Jersey? He's from Pensgrove. Bruce, Bruce Willis is from Pensgrove. Yes. Yeah. We are going to move right on into the Shutter exclusive Mayhem. Mayhem. Yep. And now this one, as opposed to the Belko experiment, which is quite the Debbie Downer of a film, is a fucking blast. It is It is fun. It is a fun movie. I'm not going to lie. Especially once you start getting into power tools and stuff. Like I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Totally. Let's go. The ID7 strain is a virus that puts the id at the forefront and gives it full control of your brain. The lust, the anger, the hostility, the energy, the excitement... You become infected by this virus. One eyeball goes red, hence the red-eyed virus, and you just go nuts. So a young upstart lawyer gets fired, and at the very moment he's about to be escorted out, his building is condemned because it has been contaminated with the red-eye virus. And uh, hilarity ensues. Yeah, which is <laughs> it is. It can be pretty hilarious. Yeah, no, it is a Thank it you. is a fun, violent romp all the way up to the top floor. It's pretty violent and it's pretty goofy and it's I don't know. It's fun. It's not not a lot of substance there. That's I think that's a, a theme with both of these. 
is that like they both have like these ambitions of like kind of it seems like they're trying to say something about like office life and stuff and and putting it by putting it into this like serious situation but they never really it's like they forget in like the first 10 <laughs> minutes it's like oh yeah and it's kind of like a real office the way I, everyone is right. so like cutthroat and everything and then they that's about as far as they think through it you're right. And if Rob Zombie taught us nothing, it's that I will find a theme or a deeper meaning in any piece of shit you throw my way. And you're right. Like this film plays a lot with not only Freudian ideas of the, the ego and the superego, but also with this idea that like we in corporate life and in our work lives, we fake civility for the sake of faking it. But really, we're just acting out all of our aggressions and our bullshit on each other. And I do think that this film gets a little closer to actually making the mark than Belco. I don't know if you mm -hmm. guys agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I think you're right. So, so my first my first statement to both of you is because I have a, a series of questions I thought I could lead us through. Oh, well, boy. first, well, first of all, I think that it's worth kind of diving into Freudian theory a little bit just to kind of give a background to the film because, as my one of my boyfriends, my one of my intellectual boyfriends, uh, he's no Nietzsche, but he's all right. So Freud came up with a theory that the three levels of our morality are in our ego and our superego, and in this film. Our id takes over. So your ego is basically like your your balance of the two. And your id or your primal instincts that, according to Freud and according to a lot of psychotherapists, is what we secretly crave and what secretly drives us. And the two major things that constitute our id are violence and sex, which are intertwined 100%. Mm -hmm. And then you have your superego, which is like the angel on your shoulder. It's the part of us that realizes that we have cultural norms to maintain. And so between the id and the superego are always at odds, and our egos balances that out. Um, in this film, the theory is that the ego and the superego go away and we are entirely driven by the id, which is basically our pleasure principle. So in the film, theoretically, everybody should be acting based purely on sexual and violent desires. Mm -hmm. And I think the film is trying to say that that's how we all act. We just pretend that we don't. It's true. And I think the proof that, that, that this like theory is at the very least like onto something is the internet. It's the internet where you where you strip away the ego and the superego, and it's just what you want. You can pretend that everyone on the internet is not even a real person. You can just go wild, and, and nothing really bad can happen to you for talking shit on the internet. I mean, Nate, think about right. it. Yeah, um, no, unless you're, you're like, right. directly threatening someone's life, like, no, and even if you are... It doesn't really matter on the internet. Like, they don't take it seriously. It's just like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just, but since there's no physical way to interact with it, like, that's, it's just all, like, thought. And people don't really make a big deal out of it. But that's, yeah, it's basically what people are on the internet. They're unsuppressed id. Yeah. Everyone's and I mean, unsuppressed id. let's be honest. At the end of the day, sex and violence really do drive everything we do. Right? I mean, let's, if I'm being real. I think that at the end of the day, we may try to distract ourselves with everything else, but at the end of the day, our it is absolutely what drives everything, who we are. We just don't like to talk about it because it's not mm -hmm. socially appropriate. Because it's not polite. Right. It's not polite, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so my, my first, my, the first question that this film brings up for me, and I'm going to toss out to you guys, is are we, like, would life be better if we just took a more nihilistic approach and just let our pleasure principles fly? No. no. <laughs> Wait, no. why not? Why? Because we'd all kill and rape each other. Yeah, chaos ensues. It really? Just, yeah, no. like this movie. This is why this movie like let me down is because it didn't go far enough. Everyone in this building should have been a maniac, especially the people at the top that are all in like a room together. Like we're on the same team. That should not happen. Those people should not exist. Those people should right. be killing each other more than everyone else because they have like been the worst people in order to get to that level of this company, they've probably done worse things than anyone else that works there, so they're capable of way more. It would be like The Purge, but every single night. Mm -hmm. So I think for the two main characters, letting their id control them didn't mean they became like like bad people. They just like liked, had more open sex and like cursed more and you know were more free with their own. Like, I don't know, does, does our id have to be devious? It like, is. Can I just have a lot of sex and listen to a lot of music and not give a fuck about anything else? No, because it's because because when you're talking about the id, you're talking about primal like feelings. You're not talking about like you're still like even though you don't think it's nuanced, it's still nuanced to be talking about characters that like you know they're a little bit crazier, but they're not like 
basically, if your id was at the forefront of your mind, you'd be a rage zombie, but also with a raging boner. And what's the what's the downside? I'm waiting for <laughs> no, but like didn't Freud says that we are most close to our id when we're children. Children just don't give a fuck, but they're not like monsters. I know because they still have an ego and super ego. But it's not developed yet. It's they, not fully developed, but it's all that stuff is developed. I mean, as soon as you can learn to talk and stuff, you're being told like this is wrong and this is right. Yeah, and even right. though you don't have as much control over it at a younger age, it's still there. You're right. It, you're you're right. The world would be a really nihilistic place if mm-hmm. we if we were driven by our ids. I feel like people are driven by their ids when they're really drunk too. You know, like when you're drunk and all the inhibitions go out the window. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, like the bar fights or hooking up with, you know, fucking bridge trolls. Why are you looking at me like you're, when, you're, <laughs> when you're saying that, Jackie? Oh. <laughs> I hooked up with you when I was drunk all the time. How dare you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. JK, JK. Um, I don't know. I just think, like, there's a part of that world that looks really appealing to me. Like, I think I'm somebody who definitely keeps my ego and like my propriety very in check especially because i'm a teacher i have to be like so prim and proper all day like damn it would feel good to just bash somebody over the head once just once Mm -hmm. then i'd be over it oh yeah i feel it too right but you but you can't do that you can't do that because there's consequences and you realize you know there's there's a whole structure to this world and you can't just let your ego crazy because then you won't have an opportunity to to experience things because they'll, be put you, they'll <laughs> put you into a tiny room and make you stay there for the rest of your life. When I first turned this movie on, I was hit with a wave of disappointment because I thought this was going to be like another one of those bullshit 28 days later, you know, zombie, I'm sorry, quote unquote, <laughs> zombie virus bullshitty movies. And this movie, not unlike the Belko experiment, it's that terror versus horror thing again where it's considered a horror movie because of the terror element and what happens in the movie and i'm starting to come around to that idea about terror being horror i will still never accept jaws as a horror movie but i'm coming around to that terror versus horror thing because honestly watching both of these movies i don't quite understand why they're considered horror movies but i guess based on the level of violence and the theme and like the topic that surrounds it they're horror movies i'll throw that out there um but all that being said it took about 10 minutes for me to really really start getting into mayhem like i even before the virus fully kicked in at the office i was already into it Hmm. i felt this was very Edgar Wright-ish, kind of Shaun of the Dead style with like the quick cuts and, and the way everything was laid out. Um, yeah, didn't think I would like this. And I, and I really, I really liked it. Also, at one point after everybody was infected and things started to go nuts, did you guys pick up on the half-baked reference? No. There was somebody running around the office. Oh, yeah. The chaos. Fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> I did Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Thank you yeah. for bringing that up. That is amazing. Yeah, I, my like one of my one of my notes is like, why do I like this movie so much? This really isn't my <laughs> style. Why do I like this? But I kept like getting. I, I was just. It, it's just fun. It's just fun. It's like and a it's, fun little romp, and I was super into it. And like I said earlier, I I want to shoot someone with a nail gun. And I was telling Chad that last night that I really just want to shoot someone with a nail gun. But then he reminded me that like. That's not really realistic because you don't like pull a trigger and a nail flies out. Like you kind of have to. It's kind of like a stapler where you mm-hmm. have to like. It'll, dip, probably, like, it'll yeah. probably be like. Bloom. Like you have to like. The air needs to not be there because it yeah. fills up. That's what like creates the pressure. Dip, yeah, you have to, to like make it go. The thing in the front. And the, there's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it doesn't also, work like that. I have no upper body strength, so to hold up because I'd have to hold like it like a gat like on its side like a fucking gangster. So I'm not even remotely strong no. enough for that. I'm really not. So. <laughs> And also, you know, it being illegal and wrong. But but that's, yeah, that's secondary. But also, every time she shot the nail gun, the, did you hear the gun cocking sound? What? Had, yes. Oh, on man. more than one occasion, like, the gun cocking sound happened when she was shooting <laughs> with the nail gun. Right? It's, this movie is just awesome. It's just it's, funny. Yeah. And, and, and Marissa was saying earlier, uh, pre-recording it's that this is like a video game and it's right there's like bosses and you have to you have to, like a path that he wants to get he has a goal he wants to get to that guy at the top 
And in order to do that, you have to kill this guy and then this guy and then this guy and he, and he figures out his path and he goes for it. It's like a video yeah. game. You gotta do the mini bosses. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just like that fun. Is, yeah, that's a very cool point. Um, I also, I, just a side note, as a geek who loved Dave Matthews and still loves Dave Matthews, I uh. fucking love his Dave Matthews like rant. And I love that she's so judgy and she has like a Black Dahlia murder shirt on and she's so hardcore and like, and she's so like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like, because like that's the way my students look at me when I say how much I love Dave Matthews band. So it's so funny that she's like, ew, I love Dave <laughs> so much. I will always, I'm such a like sorority uh, yeah, girl in yeah. that way. Like put on Dave Matthews band. And, and, yeah, that is a very college bandy type. Oh yeah. Oh, so I don't listen to like, regular rock music anymore dave plays an acoustic guitar but he rocks out on it <laughs> listen man his acoustic album is fucking perfect so <laughs> fuck off <laughs> him and that tim guy oh tim reynolds is so great yeah and now i'm gonna go That's you know awesome. do a shot because i'm a, such a cool sorority girl <laughs> wait wasn't it scott from i'm calling out scott from horror movie night for making fun of sorority girls so yeah we sorority girls do real shit too we watch horror <laughs> movies and make podcasts so fuck off <laughs> Did you see her in that episode on the Total Side Note? No, but he should know there's dorky sororities too, okay? Oh, <laughs> oh that hurts. That hurts. I wish oh. you an honor sorority. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers. How many times do I have to explain to you that shit didn't count? <laughs> you and your fucking theater sorority. Nothing pissed me off more than your fucking theater sorority. Alpha Psi Omega. <laughs> It's an honor. And you guys took that shit so fucking seriously, too. Of course we did. Oh, my God. You bunch of fucking nerds. Um, and we also <laughs> won homecoming non-Greek every fucking Okay, because that's bullshit. Because you were like, it was you and student council, and they were all too fucking baked to show up. So, yeah, they would brag about winning non-Greek every year. There were like three floats in the non-Greek there category. No, there were yes, not. There were. Go ahead, name them. The other one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're theater majors. So, well, no, but what I mean by that is, like, you know how you got to take an astronomy class? Oh, and, like, yeah. you know, you did cool shit, but that's a night class because you have to see the stars. You did stuff with your sorority a lot of times at night because you guys are in class all day. Well, at night is when the theater majors rehearse and perform. So we never got to do any of the fun stuff to, like everybody else does at night because we're uh, busy rehearsing and honing our craft, is, motherfucker. <laughs> is that why you guys were so fucking, just your fucking parties were ragers like none I'd ever seen in my life? Is that exactly why? Like, Nate, there ain't no party like a fucking Rowan theater party because it don't stop. Like, it was cast parties are fucking nanas. These people did some freaky ass shit that I would be like, damn. Like, I would just sit around at their parties and be like, damn. Because these guys were yeah. fucking Nuts. We were we are just we're we, at the time I'm not anymore but like when you're a theater major you're a natural night owl because you are spending you know your day in class and then at five o'clock when all the classes are over you're hitting rehearsal for four hours or five hours and then when it's tech week you are there until it's Good. So when they do party, they act like a bunch of fucking maniacs. I'm gonna say it right now. I, I was gonna... in theater in high school, and it was even like that back then because Just we were so bananas. like we were yeah. so like repressed because we didn't have the ability to go and be like you know let that stuff out normally. But we partied like holy crap! The hedonistic shit that went on at these high school parties. Jesus Christ! If my kids ever it, become it fucking, it should be known that the only that show Jackie down. ever did was Caligula, and they did it a lot, <laughs> a lot. And they had a lot of rehearsal. Yep. They have to rehearse. We have to rehearse, guys. Listen, we're running out of babies here. Wait, time out. Can I be Caligula? Can I be Caligula? Am I him? Am I him? In that story, yeah, in my head, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) All I know is it just makes me laugh because, like, I lived with theater people and, like, surrounded myself with theater people who never fully accepted me. I dated a film major who also, all of his friends just assumed I was a fucking useless sorority girl just because I had a fucking sorority jacket, even though I still maintain I could school half those people in film history and fucking appreciation. (laughs) And I never, like, because I never fit in, like, perfectly. Like, a lot of people always, like, kind of treated me like an outcast like because i i was in like the the fraternity sorority circles i was in the film circle i was in the theater circle but not really no one ever embraced me so i always just felt slightly on the outskirts because i never i was a law major and you know what <laughs> to bring it full circle it was horror movies that brought us that, that brought us together a hundred percent because when everybody else that was my friends that was making marissa the outcast mm-hmm. They then ostracized the both of us when we're like, do you guys want to put together models with us? Yeah. And watch horror movies. And watch horror movies all night. We did. Yeah. We, I think we've talked about this before, but we would buy 
Universal Classic Monster yep. models off of eBay, mm-hmm. excitedly mm-hmm. wait until they arrive in the mail, paint and then shit. spend our day putting them together and painting them, watching horror watching movies. Watching horror movies. And this is what we did I when know. we were in college. So were we talking about mayhem? <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. At some point. Go back, go back. I, can't I don't know. Where show. do we leave off? Oh, my God, no. But I just... So, I, this movie was fun. Time. This yeah. movie is fun. You know, don't think about it too hard. Just kind of enjoy the ride. You know, it might not be something... That you cherish. It might not be something that you're like, oh, I gotta show my friends this, but it's a fun time. There's there's some fun good kills in it, and and everyone's kind of a goofy character, so it's kind of fun to see people like just go a little bit nuts. Not enough nuts, if you ask me, but en- <laughs> enough nuts oh, that on. it's fun to watch. When the final boss pulls a handful, a pocket full of cocaine out of his hand, I do love that. And just there's, I mean, there's lots of great moments like that, but honestly, like, I really expected them, like, the further along the movie got, like, the less, like, a human being they seemed. Like, I wanted them to kind of be just, like, just, like, rage monsters. Just, like, I don't know, just kind of, like, having super fights. And, yeah, like, just kind of, like, getting, oh, my, both my arms are broken, so I'm going to headbutt you <laughs> until you fall out of a window or I, something. I like, that's ex- what I wanted. I wouldn't expect that at the end, though, because the end of the movie, you're getting toward the end of the countdown when the virus is leaving your system. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. So well, maybe, maybe it's just a disappointing yeah. way to structure the movie. No, then. it's true. I mean, <laughs> maybe they should have had it, it like, happen in the middle somewhere. You're going to have to carry the movie somehow because if everyone was just like rage boners like all over the movie, like how are we carrying the plot? How are you carrying the story? And we need to like see the development of the two characters. I mean, yeah. I'm just getting technical. It's, I do. I, I think that I would have liked to seen that. That's a cool I think, idea. I would have liked to seen a little bit more like I think creative that the, rage. I think that the disease should have probably been thought about differently then. Yeah. I think that like they they made it too simple in the way they defined like how this disease works. That it was too simplistic. And I think that if if they thought about it a little more and they, and they put a little bit more uh, energy into defining like what this is and what it does to you, then it could be more interesting, you know, as just as a plot device. But as as is, it kind of does. It kind of falls flat because you're like, I don't really buy this this uh, disease even mm. existing. You know, I did like, um, like thematically speaking, I liked the idea of like, what the hell do they do now? Like the fact that they all had immunity, and like, I think that that was such an interesting point that he kind of helped like create immunity mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, like, what do you do? You go back to your normal life after you like raped people and killed people. And like, I, and I just think that it says a lot about the fact that I think deep down our, our current social structures are just as brutal as our, as our id would be. Mm-hmm. Like when I look at the corporate world and I look at what it takes to really thrive in the world and be rich and be powerful and be famous. I don't, I'm not fucking cut out for that shit. I think it's worse than any of the worst sexual or violent impulses anybody could have. I think these people are the people in the boardroom are subhuman, which is why they're not affected in the same way the rest of us are. They're just fucking evil on their own. They don't need it. Mm-hmm. They, I think these people operate on their ids all day, every day. Like, that's why, like, that was my crazy theory as to why they were still so normal because they're such fucking scumbags that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I just expected that, I mean, even if they weren't, like, manimals at the end <laughs> of it, like, I expected, like, more, like, inhumane shit to be happening. Yeah, if this me is too. all about their, it's just being, like, I, there was no one getting raped, nothing like there that There were a happened. few, like, Insinuated, there was, there was sex, know? but it didn't look like rape to me. Uh, it looked I like think I'm okay with that. These people really wanted to bone and didn't because they were going to get in trouble with their wives or whatever, you know, their families and you know, or maybe, well, maybe other that's people. Partially true though. Like maybe the id would look more like that than than like rape. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, there's got to be someone in that office that just wants to rape everyone oh, there. Oh, that makes me sad. It's, it doesn't make you sad, but it's probably true. <laughs> I think most of it would be consensual. Think about it. If you didn't Come have on. to worry about any consequences, you would bone half the people in your life. Yeah, probably. Right? Like, think of it. Like, realistically speaking, if we had no social boundaries or issues or, oh, my God, what is my husband or wife or boyfriend going to say? Think about it. I would would bone both of you. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) I mean, I have some of you before, Jackie. uh, I feel like, and I I think that's just in, in... in defense of the, trying to keep the movie as like a structured like <laughs> thing that could be followed instead of just in, insanity like a Gasper no no movie or something where it's just like well you know there's 20 minutes of normal stuff and then everything goes sideways like yeah I think they're trying to make it more like plot driven and and kind of you know yeah a I little think relatable but it, it but it kind of 
the plot devices didn't really support that type of movie. That's that's fair. And I think that it was just, like, I think I liked that they didn't make it too nihilistic or too dark because they kept it fun. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was able to have fun with them. Yeah. Which I think once you added some of that shit, I would have been like, mm, it's like watching a yeah, real movie. Even, <laughs> even, if, even if it would have been, like, more accurate to what they were trying mm-hmm. to depict... I think, yeah, I, I, I think I think it would mess with the tone way too much. You'd, you'd have to make a completely different movie. You'd have to completely rewrite the script. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But I do think that if they did, it might be a really interesting film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It probably already exists. Probably. But, but not <laughs> as an office movie. Probably just something else. But I, yeah, the movie probably exists already. <laughs> I, I, I'm not cocky Ooh. enough to say I know That's about it. Enough movies to make that distinction, but I'm pretty sure that already exists. And Glenn from The Walking Dead now and forever. He's such a fucking amazing, awesome guy. Like, I'm just so obsessed with him as an actor. It, and it, it backs my theory that everything good that ever happened in uh, The Walking Dead was because he's so awesome. Because <laughs> once, <laughs> once he got his ass, his head beaten in by uh, what's his face, it's, and I went downhill. As someone that read the comics, I want to say one thing, though. About Glenn? I also stopped reading the comics at that point. Oh, when Glenn died? When Glenn died. Oh, I know. Glenn was it's, literally it's my not, hero. I don't think it's the actor. I think it's just, like, that is that is just a really, really raw, like, awful moment. <laughs> um, all right. So anything else about these two films, you guys? Uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't watch them a second time, but I had a I'll, fun enough time. Mayhem, mayhem, I might watch a second time, but Definitely, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I won't watch Belco again, but I, I will watch. I will watch Mayhem again. Yeah, good, not great. Yeah, yeah. All right, They're good. Uh, worthy yeah. of a rewatch. Yeah, those were my choices. I thought the whole corporate and work world sucking theme was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So next time, uh, tune in because we're gonna keep picking some fun movies and doing our thing. Yeah. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. You can find our podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and you can also find our podcast, blog, and reviews on JerseyGhouls.com. That's right. And if you enjoy reading uh, some articles and some good Hard Geek content, please, please, please go head over to Hard Geek Life and check out some of my newest writings, as well as all of the other really cool content they have to offer over there, because they are doing their thing, and they have a lot of good stuff about games and movies and comics and all that good stuff. So check out HardGeekLife.com for more, even more fun content. And just to make and just to make everybody jealous, when we wrap up here, we get to watch Willow. Fuck you, yeah. Willow. <laughs> The baby. Willow. (laughs) Bye. 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 You're listening to the Geekscape Network.